What's shaking, Solarpreneur Nation? Today we're going to hear from Adam Webb. He is a master in the alarm industry. He's personally done multiple six figures in this industry, and specifically he's written a book on how to take your skills to another level during the summer months. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. Tune in to hear how he did it, and then go buy his book afterwards. With that, let's cue up the intro music and hear what Adam has to say. Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing professionals and how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. Top of the morning, solarpreneurs. Today, I'm stoked. We have we are getting ready for the summer grind. And who better to bring on for our pre-summer guys and getting geared up for the summer than our man, Adam Webb. We got Adam Webb on the podcast today. So thanks for coming in, Adam. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, and I'm excited to have you because um, Adam, he's in the alarm industry, but I went through, I uh, started seeing some of his ads stuff and he's a summer guy, been grinding it in the summer. I got his book here. And audio, you can't see it, but I'm holding in my hands right now. The six-figure summer, how top performers dominate in any industry. So at first, I'm like, oh, he's an alarm guy. I don't know if he'd have a ton to share for solar. But then I started thinking, well, all we got solar guys that are coming out for the summer. So why not figure out how to dominate in the summer for solar too, right? So I decided to hit Adam up. That's right. Happy he agreed to come on the show. So Adam... uh yeah, I know you've been in alarms forever. Would you say like 12, 13 years now? Yeah, this is your 13. Okay, wow. And you, uh, you, you're a regional manager for Vivint, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So give us a little bit of your background. Um, funny fact about Adam, <laughs> he grew up in Poway, which is about five minutes away from where I'm sitting right now in my chair. So <laughs> thought that was funny too. Small world. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Adam, how'd you end up in the alarm industry and what took you to Vivint and why are you still in it all these years when most guys only stay in it for probably three, four summers? Yeah, good good question. So <laughs> growing up, I was, you could say, less than ambitious. So <laughs> I, I essentially wasted 10 years of life from eight to 18. I I did absolutely nothing <laughs> and I had no goals and I wasn't trying to accomplish anything. Um, and then I did a two-year mission, moved to Utah. So now I'm, you know, 21. I'm 10 years behind in life. And I want to be successful, but I just have no idea how to do that. So I start meeting people who went out and sold for the summer. This was in 2007. They're like, yeah, you know, I made 20 grand and 50 grand and 100 grand. And at that point, it was really clear to me that I, I needed sales experience. If I could learn how to sell and influence people, I'd be okay. So I, I signed up to go out and I, I fell in love with it because, you know, sales didn't care that I grew up uh, 
without money or that I technically didn't graduate high school or that my parents were divorced or that I hadn't made very good decisions. It didn't care about any of that. It just cared how hard I was willing to grind and how willing I was to step outside of my comfort zone. And so I quickly, I quickly found a lot of success with it within, you know, two summers, I became the number one rep in my company um, and wound up, you know, the six figure summer book actually started just out of a mentorship relationship with one rep where I was trying to help them sell over 200 accounts. And it's, it's been an amazing ride since. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think you've accomplished a ton. The only thing you're lacking, man, is switching over to solar. That's your only uh, yeah, shortcoming. I, I, I love solar. I've done like a smart home solar hybrid since yeah. like 2013. I, I solar's an amazing product. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. We've, I've had a ton of guys on the mm-hmm. podcast, and you probably know a lot of them. But a lot of the top guys in solar came from alarms. So yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting. You guys learn how to hustle on alarms, and I think it gives you a new, unique background because you guys are for the summer, you're knocking like seven, eight hours out there, aren't you? Getting out there one and knocking till nine or 10 or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's something that we don't hear of very much in solar. I think we've gotten a little lazy. I don't know about all companies, but most guys I know in solar knock, you know, maybe four, five hours a day, something like that, if they knock at all. So I think well, like it's a unique background. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a year-round program, so it has a different model, but I would highly recommend anyone doing a year-round program kind of master that, that like, summer hustle, that intense grind, so that when you want to, you can turn it off. If you want to go have a, a hell week and just absolutely dominate, you have that, that hustle muscle to be able to go rip nine-to-nines every day for as long as you choose to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, why not win the trip if you're in the competition? That's what yeah, you gotta do right. is turn it on. <laughs> so yeah, that's huge. So how did you go from did you was it rough starting out? I know a lot of guys have the rough beginning. Were were you, were you always kind of the top rep? Or did you have to kind of transition into no um, No, I had to transition. So again, this this kind of ties into the um the third principle of the six figure summer, which is perception kind of how you view your reality and how that affects your outcomes. So going into it again, I I carried a lot of my low ambitions into the job when I first started, I was only trying to like sell the bare minimum accounts to get free rent and just earn like, you know, 12, 15 grand during the summer just to pay off a little debt and fix my car. Mm -hmm. That was it. And it, it really wasn't until halfway through the summer through good mentorship, my perception was expanded of myself and what I could accomplish. And then I went from, you know, selling 40 the first half of the summer to, to selling 100 the second half, finishing with 140 alarms my rookie year, and then awesome. going out the next year, again, changing my perception and selling uh, 340 alarm accounts my second year. Wow, incredible. That's awesome. So you talk about good mentorship. So are you by mentors, are you meaning just like kind of your managers at the time or who were kind of the mentors that got you into that next level? Yeah, it was, it was my direct manager that first okay. year and then my regional manager my second year. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's all about perception. I was performing at a level that was consistent with how I perceived myself. And 
that's what's so valuable about good mentors is they can change your perception. They can expand your vision. And that's what happened with me. You know, for the first time I was like, yeah, maybe I could sell 200 accounts. Maybe I could sell 300 accounts. What would my life look like if I did? And I internalized that vision and then I was able to go do it. Perception first. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that. I'm sure as we get into the book topics, um, but yeah, for you, what were, what's been some of your records? So you've, you've been in this industry, what, 12, 13 years? What's the most? Yeah, this is your 13. That's incredible. You're still out knocking doors. You said, are you still, is it still full time thing in the summer? Or are you going out and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Full time. So that's awesome. So what would have been some of your, uh, your records here? What's your top for the um, summer, man? Top summer was 340. Um, okay. I've sold 105 alarms in a month. Wow. Um, I've sold 35 in a week. And then a couple summers ago, I sold 12 in a day. Holy cow. Wow. Well, maybe we shouldn't talk too much about that because if we do, we might have guys jumping ship from solar to go, <laughs> <laughs> go, go run around with you. No, sol- solar is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a ton of potential. Well, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. So 340 alarms that, what, what would you make? What did you make that summer when you did 340 alarms? So I actually just recently crunched all the numbers. So when I was, um, <clears throat> the five years that I was a rep, I was averaging 113 grand. And then the four years that I was managing, I was averaging 273 grand. And then the last three years regionally managing, it's been like 540 grand. Wow. Incredible. That's awesome, man. Cool. Yeah. Anyone, anyone listening, the other part of perception was for a long time, I didn't view myself as a leader mm-hmm. and it, it, anyone, I feel like there's a lot of people in our industry that way. They just, it never occurs to them that they can go recruit and build teams and be managers and regional managers. And it's, it's, it's just silly. If you met me when I started, you'd be like, there's no way this guy ever accomplishes anything amazing. And so my plea to anyone listening would be internalize the vision of managing and leading and recruiting and growing a downline because it's, it's crazy the way your income can exponentially grow when you take on the challenge of, of leading. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think you talk about it a little bit in your book. I'm still going through the book, but it's like, if you're just selling, you're going to hit that cap. You can't be, you know, you can't sell every single person. Maybe you can can't hit every single door but yeah if you got some guys under you if you're building the team that's how you're going to take it to the next level and i think learning more as you're teaching the team to also increase their income so yeah i definitely agree with that but yeah so i wanted to go through just some of the chapters of your book here and just kind of give give our solar our solarpreneurs that's what we call our solar guys just some ideas of how they can dominate for the summer because yeah i know solar there is a lot more of the year-round aspect to it but in our company we've got several guys that are coming out just for the summer too and looking to have summers so they can go out and you know relax a little bit as they're going to school and all that cool so um so yeah you have what is it four or five key um principles yeah the five principles right yeah okay okay so you got principle one is hustle Two is consistency. Three is perception. Four is ethics. Five is giving. So you're telling me, Adam, if we master these principles, you think anyone can go out and have a six-figure summer if we master these Absolutely. Principles? Yeah. So you'll, 
you'll perform, you know, if you look at like a, a bell curve or a distribution of any sales force, you're going to have the people at the bottom, the majority of the people in the middle, and then you'll have the top people. And where you fall in that bell curve, if you're in the, the top 20%, the top 1%, the bottom 20%, it's going to correlate perfectly to the degree that you live these principles relative to other people. So if, if you live the principles in the six-figure summer more fully than 95% of other people, then you'll perform in the top 5%. If you live them you know, more fully than 99% of other people, you'll be in the top 1%. They, co they correlate perfectly. That's awesome. And how did you break it down to these five principles, Adam? What, what, um, you said you're coaching other guys, but what, what led you to breaking it down into these five principles in specific? So I mentioned it started with mentoring one rep. So after I sold 340, people would come and ask me, you know, what's your door approach? How do you sell this? Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah. this one rep kept coming back. And so I trained him. I taught him all the sales techniques that I knew. And he went out and he wanted to sell 200 and he did better, but he didn't hit 200. Yeah. And so I trained him again and he went out again and he fell short again. So then I was like, geez, I don't, I guess I don't know what it is that like allows me to be successful and, and what that secret sauce is. And that really bugged me that yeah. I was doing it, but I couldn't teach other people to do it. Yeah. So I just started reflecting and meditating and asking people. And then one day I like had this epiphany where I was like, oh yeah, that's it. And what I realized was, um, I, um, it's like a law of diminishing returns techniques sales techniques will help you increase your performance at first mm -hmm. but once you start mastering uh sales you're gonna plateau and from there principles are necessary to take you to the next level so it's not about okay. the pitches when it comes to being a top one percenter it's about the principles yeah so that that's how i that's how i arrived at these five principles okay yeah and i think that's huge because yeah, that definitely strikes a note in me because when I first went out, I started in pest control. So I yeah. remember my second summer I sold in North Carolina and we drove clear out there as like a 20 hour drive and that entire, or I don't know, 30, whatever, however long it was, but that entire drive I got on audible and I got one of those big Zig Ziglar books that goes yeah. to like a million closes or whatever and all the sales techniques. So I thought, okay, if I just listen to Zig the entire way to North Carolina, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to like have the best summer of my life. And I listened to it and the kid I was with, he about went insane hearing Zig talk for 25 <laughs> hours straight. <laughs> but I was like, with Zig's accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little Southern accent or whatever. So yeah, I thought I was going to dominate, but then I went out there and I really struggled for especially like the first half of that summer. And I was like, what's going on? I listened to Zig. I know all the sales techniques. I know all the closes. How come I'm, I'm not selling? But I think it was, I was lacking this. And also a big thing for me, I was lacking uh, mentorship, like you said. So I was with, it was yeah. just a buddy, small company. So I didn't have anyone to lead me or kind of guide me into those principles. So definitely important, I would think. Um, but yeah, let's kind of jam on these. We'll go through just the principles here and you can tell us, just give us a little preview of how they're important. And I'm sure we'll get guys excited to get the book and everything. So um, we can start with principle one hustle. So what do you have to say about hustle, Adam? Yeah. So I, I have a buddy named James Lawrence. He's known as the iron cowboy. You may have heard okay. of him. 
Yeah. He, he's, he's an endurance athlete. So endurance athletics is this fairly new sport. I mean, it's been around forever, but as far as being recognized as an official sport and it's, it basically is just focused on, you know, the endurance uh, uh, ability of, of people. So Ironman races, things like that. So this is what he does professionally. And um, he did this event. It's called the 50-50-50. 50 Ironman races in 50 states in 50 days. No one had ever done it. <clears throat> What's interesting, though, is that James already held <clears throat> excuse me, the world record for the most Ironman races run in a year. He, he had done like 30. So then you ask yourself, what would possess a person who's already number one who already holds the world record to put themselves through that type of pain and misery. Yeah. Well, it's obvious that, you know, James doesn't do this to like be healthy or, you know, for money, those are side effects of what he's doing. But the reason he does, does this is because he's, he, he's obsessed with exploring the boundaries of his human potential. He wants to find out, what the limits of, of the human potential are and then push through those and set new, new limits. So the reason I mention this is because most people go out and they do door to door, solar alarms, tests, whatever. And they, they miss the point. They, they think, Oh yeah, I'm going out to make money. And that's the purpose of, of door knocking. And that's not it at all. The, the purpose is not to make money. The purpose of door knocking and of work is to strengthen your character and to grow as a person. So it's, it's important to realize when you're out knocking doors, that's, that's not a job. It's a gym. The doors is your resistance for your character that you're repping and you're, you're ripping the fiber of your work ethic to become a better uh, human being and to yeah. push your own personal limits. So that when you view it in that context, then you start gaining the capacity to push yourself hard enough to have a six figure summer and to be a top one percenter, you yeah. know, it, it's like, how much would you pay for a gym to go to a gym that had no weights, yeah. no resistance? You, you wouldn't pay anything. Yeah. And this job is the same way. I hear people say, yeah, door to door, just, oh man, it was such a grind. And I went out and I knocked and I didn't make any money this day and this, this and that, like I'm quitting or this isn't worth it. It's like, dude, you're totally missing the point. The money is a byproduct. We are endurance athletes. We just chose the doors as our, our bicycle. You know, that's, that's how we're pushing the limits of our human potential. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you, Adam, how do you, I know you're super motivated and obviously you've dominated, but how do you motivate your teams and your guys to have the same kind of hustle that we're talking about here? Cause I know you, you've been in the industry. I'm sure you've seen a lot of dudes give up and quit and all that and not hustle, but I'm sure it comes to a point where, kind of got to let those guys go but the yeah. ones the ones on your teams how are you motivating them to hustle and hit their potential yeah so so motivation that actually transitions to the second principle which is consistency okay um so there was a, a austrian psychiatrist his name was victor frankel and he had he was practicing psychiatry and psychology during the nazi occupation and mm -hmm. his practice got shut down and he got deported to a concentration camp. Mm -hmm. And he found himself in the middle of one of the greatest social experience experiments on human motivation. Because in the concentration camps, people were just trying to find the motivation just to live. You know, people would literally give up and die or kill themselves 
and he observed that some people were just able to make it through this horrific experience. Yeah. And so he made that the focus of his study. And what he found was um, suffering ceases to become suffering and starts to become meaningful and a passion when it's connected to a, a either a person or a cause. So really, if you want your teams to be extremely motivated, help them figure out, um, he, he calls it, a, you know, the person that affectionately waits for you. People in the camps that had someone uh, affectionately waiting for them had the motivation to live. So who are the people in your life that benefit when you go 120%? Who are the people whose lives get better that you care about and love when you grind your guts out? And then also, what's the cause that you're really passionate about? What's your unfulfilled cause that just, you know, whatever it is in life that you're so passionate about, when you think about it, it just gets your neurons firing and your heart pumping. And if you can identify those things, you know, people call it a why. What's your big why? If you can then uh, tie that why to your goals somehow so that, you know, when you're in correlation, it's like, hey, Johnny, how many, you know, solar accounts are you going to put in this week? four well the number four or whatever is is totally meaningless unless it's connected to something that you're deeply passionate about so if you can help your people do that and then the last step is to to make a, a trigger something that like brings these emotions to the surface when you need them mm -hmm. if you can follow that process set your goals find a why that makes you cry tie your why to your goals and create a trigger to, to create this process when you need it you'll be able to just summon motivation like a wizard whenever, whenever you need it. And you'll be able to do unreal things, literally knock doors from nine to nine every day for as long as you want. Wow. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a secret there. That's cool. Yeah. And what's interesting, Adam, I noticed that in the book, well, you already brought up several other books, authors, and in, in your whole book, you have recommended reading um, other guys, yeah, like you have the, the James Lawrence book in here. Um, so how important is like reading all these other books and this education to you? Are you like having your guys go through these books and stuff like that too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a membership with bulk bookstore. I spent thousands of dollars a year just buying books in bulk um, for my reps and my people. Um, nice. You asked who my, my mentors are aside from, you know, the, the people that mentor me, Books have been by far my, my biggest mentor in terms of changing my perception or taking me from someone that doesn't understand money and didn't have, you know, amazing examples of how to manage money growing up and turning me into a financially independent person that's confident investing in real estate and doing all these things. All that just came from books. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate and I, I love audiobooks. I actually recorded an audiobook version of the six figure summer. Oh, because cool. with audiobooks, like I'm able to double dip on my time. I, I basically identify all the activities I do that don't require mental energy, driving, mowing the lawn, showering. And there's always an audiobook playing during those activities. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. And my wife hates it because when we jump in the car, <laughs> it'll either be a book or a podcast 90% of yeah. the time. Exactly. And yeah, so you drive some people nuts, but I think that's the cool thing about these jobs too. I'm sure in alarms you travel a lot, but solar, yeah, we're going to our areas, we're going to our deals. So I like, you know, Brian Tracy and all these guys talk about making your car just like 
a classroom because if you're spending yeah. all this time driving, I mean, you can spend that time learning something too. Yeah, so I think university that's a, on wheels. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Well, cool. So, yeah, that's a huge piece of it. So, we went through consistency a little bit. Um, yeah. Any, anything you want else you want to say about consistency or you want to jump into perception, Adam? Now we can talk about perception. Okay. So, what do you have to say about perception? Why is that important? Yeah. Um, so, probably my favorite part of that chapter, I list out, there's like a dozen quotes from all these different thought leaders across the world, throughout time. And it's just the whole spectrum. It's business leaders and spiritualists. And basically, if, if you look at, look at them, you'll realize this, this idea that, you know, reality is completely malleable. And you can, you can take reality and bend it to your will. And you do that using the powers of perception. Um, when Steve Jobs dropped out of Reed's college, he was, he started hanging out with this like hippie apple orchard buddy. And this guy taught Steve about this thing called an RDF, a reality distortion field. Hmm. And for Steve, he, he said it turned him on to a new level of consciousness and it, it permeated Apple's culture. They even had t-shirts um, that referenced it, but basically what the RDF is, and, and there's all these quotes from Apple employees talking about it where they're like, yeah, it's, it was weird. Like when you were in Steve's presence, he would be talking about things that you knew were impossible, but for some reason, when you were around him and he was talking about it, they just seemed possible. And so Steve Jobs strongly subscribed to this, this idea that we all have this like force field around us. And if you learn how to tap into it, you can literally bend reality to, to your will. So that's a really important uh, chapter in the book because it all starts with perception. You're never going to do anything that lies outside of, of the, the view of your perception of what you believe is possible. And I've just seen, uh, it's one of the reasons I love this job and I love mentoring uh, sales reps is because I've seen so many examples where people and reps that should not you know, be doing what they're doing are. They're making six figures and they're recruiting and growing and leading and doing all these things. And you look at them and where they came from and you're like, that shouldn't be possible, yeah. but it's because they mastered this principle and they used it to their benefit. That's awesome. Yeah, and you talk about, we talked a little bit about culture and, and you know, creating a movement before. I think that's huge, but something I've always thought is cool about Vivint, you guys have super strong culture. I think that's yeah. something you kind of instill in your guys is this perception that they can all go out and dominate. So yeah. what, what do you think it is about like Vivint? How, do, how have they created such a strong culture and created this kind of perception in guys for the summer? Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on culture. Culture is so important. And the mistake a lot of people make with culture is they look at great companies with great culture and they try and copy it. Yeah. But that's not what you should do. Really, what you should do is identify the values that are most important to you um, and the personality traits that you want embodied in your organization. And you, I would recommend reading the six figure summer and identifying the aspects of it that you want to really represent your team. And then what you do is you just carefully craft that personality. So when reps do something that exemplifies the culture that you want, you highlight it, you share those stories over and over again. And you have to be very intentional about it because culture will develop one way or another. If you don't intentionally develop your culture, it will develop it will just not be the culture that you want. 
it'll yeah. be like weeds popping up in a field versus, you know, carefully uh, gardening and tending to a field. Yeah. And what are some things Bivent has done? Because you guys are huge. I mean, offices all over the country and all that. What have you done to kind of keep the culture consistent? So that's something I see that I think companies struggle with is as they're expanding, they don't have these same guys that went and started the strong culture in one office. Um, so what do you do to keep it consistent across the whole country and all the offices? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the, the culture of an organization stems from the leader. Okay. Um, so, you know, working with Todd Peterson for years, the guy just, he is relentless. You know, yeah. he just does not quit. He's an insane competitor and he just wants to win at, at, at all costs. It just drives him. And so that type of intensity of competition and a desire to be the best permeates the culture. It stems from Todd. And so if you're running an organization or you're starting to recruit, mm-hmm. again, you, you need to exemplify that. If you want your people, to, to embody hustle and you want them to just be the hardest workers ever, then you go be the hardest worker ever post post pictures on the group me of you closing a deal at 1130 at night. And yeah. you, if you just keep doing that or you out at 7am going to, to drive out two hours to hit an appointment oh. when your people see that that's going to do more to communicate the culture than anything you can't you can't sit people down and tell them what your culture is or tell them what your culture should be yeah you have to show them you have to create it yeah okay yeah it's huge yeah you can see that in todd i i saw him speak maybe you were there too but two years ago at a when he brought grant cardone to speak at the salt oh, yeah. palace i don't know if you're there yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he's up on stage talking about how how pissed he was that he couldn't recruit one guy or something before that yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you're like, it's just one guy. And yeah. I mean, you got like a million guys already. What do you, you already got your regional managers and stuff recruiting. But he's <laughs> just talking about how mad he was. <laughs> like, wow, this guy's awesome. intense. But yeah. yeah, you definitely see it in him. I mean, that's huge. So uh, cool. So let's get into per- or principle four, Adam. So we got ethics here, and that's huge in sales. Uh, yeah, very important. So what's, well, what's the, what's the deal with uh, ethics here? Yeah. So when I was, when I was a little kid, maybe like eight, my buddy came over, we were bored out of our minds and he came up with this brilliant idea. I had an older brother that we didn't particularly care for. So he's like, all right, let's do this. Your brother loves orange juice. He, he, there's a pitcher in the fridge. He always drinks it. Let's take the orange juice into the garage. Let's pee in the orange juice container. Let's put it back in the fridge and then your brother will drink the orange juice with our pee in it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that is the, that is the most brilliant wow. idea I've ever heard in my life. So we're That's eight years one. old. We go, we go pee in the orange juice. We put it back in the fridge. <laughs> we, we forget about it. A week goes by. The orange juice is gone. Oh, I run gosh. into my brother's room. I'm all excited. He didn't drink it. I go into my sister's room. She didn't drink it. And then I'm like, no, my mom must have drunk it. And now I feel really bad. So I go into the kitchen. I'm like, hey, mom, did you drink the, the orange juice that was in the fridge? And she's like, no, I made it into orange juice popsicles for you guys. You don't remember? You guys ate all of them. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So me and all my friends wound up eating our own pee pee pops. We wound up eating our own, our own pee. So in my mind, like that, that's the perfect example of how karma works. And (laughs) 
in this job, like if, if you behave in a way that's unethical or gray or that's not mutually beneficial, you know, Covey talks about the win-win paradigm. It's a win for me. It's a win for you, or we're not doing it. Even if it's a win for me, if it's a lose for you, I'm not going to do it. When you operate outside of that principle, it like sends this, you know, vibe into the universe. And at some point <clears throat> that's going to come back to you. And most of the time it's, it's not connected. Sometimes it is like the customer that you were unethical with cancels and it's like, Oh crap. But yeah. a lot of times there, there's no way for you to connect the dots. Maybe it's just the sale, nothing to do with it, but it's just kind of the universe keeping score. So I just think, and, and in the book, I actually go through very specific examples because I've been doing sales for 13 years and mm -hmm. I've evolved ethically over that process. You know, I'm a more ethical person now than when I started. Not that I was like ever shady, but I've just grown and developed in this principle. And so working in this industry for 13 years, I, in the book, I'm able to outline specifically, very specific ways that I hope will help guys read that and be like, you know what? That, that's true. Actually, I found myself in that situation and I, I could do better on that. And I promise you, if, if you operate according to this principle, the universe will be like, okay, yep. That's someone that I'm, I'm going to reward and, and shower success upon because they're doing it the right way. Yeah. And for me, it's almost just like something that gets in your head if you're not ethical too. Cause I've had times where I know, yeah, you know, it's not that I lied, but I, you know, left something out to make yeah. it seem better than it was type thing. And those types of things, yeah. I think for most people, they, they get in your head. And then I've had times where I'm going to close another deal and then like doubt creeps in my head or maybe it yeah. comes across in my clothes that I, because yeah. I wasn't completely honest with the past deal, I like get doubts that I can close the next one. So I think it's huge. If it's not karma, then it's definitely something that, that gets into people's yeah. heads, I think. Comes back to oh, yeah. you. So uh, yeah, very important ethics. And yeah, I've seen seen guys do some shady stuff in cells. I'm sure it's happened in uh, all types of cells. So yeah. important. Cool. So that's principle four. And then the last one, principle five is giving. So uh, what do you have to say about giving, Adam? <clears throat> yeah. So the, the whole reason that we're talking right now is just because um, I decided to give value uh, 10, 10 years ago or whatever it was that this rep that was seeking mentorship, he wasn't one of my reps. I didn't make any money off him. There was no expectation that I would ever monetarily benefit from the time that I was spending to coach him and mentor him. Mm -hmm. But the reason I did it was because I, I saw an opportunity to create value for another person and I just took it. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did because now 10 years later, here we are talking on a podcast and, you know, I have this amazing book that's been able to help thousands of people and, and all, all this stuff. So the moral of the story is a, a lot of people, before they give value, they do a little stop check and they ask, okay, well, how, how do I benefit from this? <clears throat> you know, what's, what's the monetary gain or what recognition do I get if I create this value? And I'm not saying you should work for free, but I am saying whenever you have an opportunity to create value for other people, you should do it. You know, Gandhi says um, it's, it's our rent that we owe for our stay here on earth. If, if you're a human being on earth, then you have this debt to return value to the world. So um, the way I look at it is this. Um, you mentioned Zig Ziglar. So he has a really famous quote. You can have 
you have whatever you want in life if you will just help enough other people That's get what right. they want. Yeah. And then one of my other favorite quotes is by Harry Truman. He says, you can accomplish anything as long as you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. So I, I kind of combine those together. Um, I call it the, the Harry Zig formula. So <laughs> yeah. if, if you go around creating value for other people and letting them take the credit, basically just making other people heroes, the doors will just open up for you. you you'll get this infinite return on that investment where the, the, again, the universe just kind of clears the way for you because you're going about creating all this value. And so for me, I feel like giving, giving uh, monetarily of my time, of my energy, of my resources has done more to actually help me than, than anything else. You know, it's a paradox. If you want to get, you got to give. Yeah. Huge. And especially as guys are starting out, I mean, think anyone in the business world has seen it the more you give um the more you're going to receive with it too and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast we're not trying to make a bunch of money but i know that as i'm giving value with the podcast that's hopefully eventually i'm going to get some value back and i'm sure that's why you agreed to come on the podcast too because hopefully as you're giving this value i'm sure you'll get value back because people check out your book and you know maybe you recruit 100 guys from this who knows what could happen Yeah. yeah it's true but obviously it's important to not just give expecting something back, but giving um, just cause that's the right thing to do. Well, cool. So I think that's some cool principles you got. And tell me Adam, what are some results you've seen as people have followed this stuff in your book and you just kind of spread it throughout your offices, stuff like that. Have you seen it change people's lives and I'm sure incomes affected and all that. Do you have any stories yeah. of guys who have followed these and, I don't know, people you've coached or mentored. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that first rep, you know, once I, once I figured out the principles of success and had that epiphany, oh, I've been teaching him techniques. I need to be teaching him principles. Mm-hmm. I wrote it all down. That was the first one. You know, it was like this big, but it, it just outlined the principles. And he took that and he, he hit his goal. He sold over 200 accounts, made six figures, which was in a summer, which was what he was trying to do. And he literally said, yeah, I just, the, the reason I was able to do that was because I had the recipe sitting in my back pocket all summer long. Like he literally showed me the book. It was all discolored from his butt sweat. And he literally <laughs> kept it in his, in his pocket all summer long. Awesome. So I, what I've seen is that people experience three things by living these principles. Yeah. One, the principles allow them to maximize their, their human potential and their performance potential, whatever that is, whatever, whatever your best is, your maximum potential, living these principles will bring it out. The other thing I've seen is that it allows individuals to become a top one performer in whatever they choose to do. So if you look at your sales organization, whatever the top 1% is, you know, and depending on how large your organization is, maybe that makes you number one. Maybe that makes you in the top 10 or top 20, but living these principles will put you in the top 1%. And then the last thing I've seen is that it'll enable you to make more money than you ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you live these principles to the, the fullest and you'll truly have a, a six figure summer. You know, there's people making seven figures annually in this industry by living these principles. Yeah. Awesome. And what I really like about your book, Adam, is that at the end of, I think it's after every chapter, but you give the summary and action items. 
So it's not just talking about it. It's the actual steps you need to take and things you need to yeah. do to apply the, apply the principles in your cells and in your life. So I think that's the most important part because, I mean, guys yeah. books, but the guys that actually apply the principles, that's who's, that's who's going to reap the results from it. So oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love it. And I think it um, can definitely be applied in the solar industry. So definitely applicable to our solarpreneurs. So we appreciate you sharing the five principles of success here. So Adam, where can people find out more about your book and other things that you're up to and doing? Yeah, just, just go to the sixfiguresummer.com. Okay. Uh, I, the, the book is free. I'm not making money on the book. I'm, I'm basically just selling it for the cost of printing. And the cost of shipping. In fact, I think on our, our first run, we only did a hundred. I, I think I was losing a little bit on, on each book. So again, my, my goal is to just give as much value as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of have a personal mission with this program. I want to help a hundred people make a hundred K in a hundred days. Awesome. So I'm just, I'm just going to keep creating content, creating products, creating value until I can legit until legitimately, like there's a hundred people you know, outside of my direct program that are like, Hey, I, I use this to make a hundred K, um, in a hundred days. So I call it the hundred K challenge. Go to the, the six figure summer.com, get okay. the book, join the challenge. And, uh, let's, let's go on this ride together. I'm excited. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Let's dominate it. So yeah, we'll definitely share the link to our solarpreneurs and we appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to connect more with you on uh, social media or just, just, uh, Adam Webb on social media and all that people can hit you up on there too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love connecting with people and feel free to reach out with, to me on my cell phone. My, my cell is 801-821-3189. A lot of guys are surprised. Like I'll, I'll actually text back. If guys want to chat, like I'll call them and we can talk. I, again, yeah. I, I just love creating value for people. So hit me up. That's awesome. Yeah, that shows how giving you are because that's definitely risky putting your, <laughs> your number out on a podcast. <laughs> Might get 100 people hitting you up, but uh, there yeah, you have it. I'm down. Yeah, he's ready for it. <laughs> okay, well, Adam, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, love the five steps to success here. We'll share it. And, um, and any final advice you want to give to our solarpreneurs before we let you go? No, I, I just say thanks to you for doing this. Like, this is amazing. We need more people investing the time to do this type of stuff. And I love that it's called solarpreneur because that's ultimately that's what all of us are in the door to door industry. We're not sales reps with a job. We're, we're entrepreneurs building a business. So exactly. keep doing what you're doing, man. And thank you. Exactly. Thanks, Adam. We'll appreciate you. And we'll talk to you okay. soon. All right. Later. Hey, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode with Adam Webb. If you haven't already, go check out his book, go show him some love, give him a like, and let him know that you enjoyed this week's episode. For next week's episode, we're going to have a special guest on. He is the category king of the door-to-door industry. If you've been in sales for any amount of time, you've likely heard his name. His name is Sam Taggart, and you're not going to believe the actual advice that he gives us on the show next week. You're not going to want to miss out. Tune into it. Tell all your friends because next week is going to be lit. So next Friday, hop on the show and Sam's going to share with us how he gets more referrals, how he closes more deals, and how he takes his door knocking skills to another level. So even if you're not knocking on doors, you're going to want to check this out. See you guys next week.
Wow, what another amazing episode of the Solarpreneur Podcast. Now, before we take off here, do us a favor and go leave an honest review on your platform of choice or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us get the word out about the Solarpreneur movement and impact more entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and marketers just like you. And hey, don't forget to head over to Facebook and join the Solarpreneur group for more daily content that's going to impact you and help you take your sales game to the next level. See you guys in the next episode.